0: Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: People don't believe me, and honestly, I can understand why. It's not every day that you witness something so inexplicable and surreal. Many years ago, during a holiday in Lisbon, Portugal, my friends and I embarked on a three-day boat tour into the vast ocean. On the second night of our voyage, the atmosphere on the boat was alive with merriment. Laughter filled the air as people gathered together, sharing stories and drinks while the music reverberated through the night. In the midst of the lively festivities, I found myself seeking solace and tranquility at the bow of the boat. I stepped away from the vibrant scene and lit a cigarette, my gaze fixated on the ethereal night sky. The stars shimmered above and the moon cast its gentle glow upon the vast expanse of the sea. The rhythmic sound of the waves against the boat provided a soothing backdrop to my contemplation. And then it happened as if from the depths of some fevered dream. I spotted something swimming in the water directly in front of me. Its form broke through the surface, catching the moonlight and casting an otherworldly display of red, orange, and yellow hues. My heart skipped a beat as I tried to comprehend what I was seeing. It was colossal. The creature before me was massive, akin to the size one would imagine a whale to be. But this was no ordinary fish. It was more similar to octopus or kraken creature. Its vibrant colors defied reason and logic. The creature undulated through the water, moving with an unsettling grace. It appeared almost serpentine, as if a whale-sized snake were navigating the depths with measured poise, overwhelmed by awe and disbelief. I couldn't contain my excitement. I shouted for my companions to come witness this astounding sight. But just as I called out, the creature began to turn beneath the surface, causing water to splash and churn. In an instant it disappeared from view, descending into the fathomless depths below. To my dismay, none of the others saw what I had witnessed. They dismissed my account as a figment of an overactive imagination, a product of the night's revelry. Despite my insistence and earnestness, they continued their celebrations the events of that extraordinary moment fading into the background. In 2012, I did a freshman outdoor orientation trip for my university. It was essentially a hiking trip, an icebreaker, with a few other incoming students and upperclassmen slash teachers as leaders. We did our trip in Ohio, but for years they had done their outdoor orientation in West Virginia, so naturally we asked what had caused the change. Apparently, the year before us, they had been dropped off by the bus, and the group had hiked into the forest as usual, probably around 40 freshmen, eight upperclassmen leaders, and four teachers. A few miles down the trail, it's starting to get a bit dark, and they figure they'll hike for about 30 more minutes before setting up their various camps. They split everyone into groups to make it easier to meet people and more manageable for the leaders. Around this time they pass a guy who looks as if he has been living in the forest for years, mid-forties, super overgrown beard, clothes are dirty and falling apart, seems to have a few screws loose, etc. Naturally this is an off-putting sight but he passes the group and is quickly forgotten. The next day one of the group leaders sees him again pretty far away as he's walking away from the group. This is somewhat peculiar, but it's not completely unheard of for there to be other people hiking out there. On the second night, the same leader heads away from the campground to brush her teeth and use the bathroom. As she is walking out into the forest with her headlamp on, she sees this same guy standing alone on the trail in the pitch black with no light. This time, instead of walking away, he begins to usher her over. Understandably, she does not want to get much closer, but he begins to walk toward her, holding a letter asking her if she can deliver it to one of her kids. He shows her a picture he's drawn that shows the location of all the camps they've set up, as well as notations for which camps are allowed, how late they stay up, and other really creepy shit that makes it clear that he's been watching these groups for the last two days. At this point she begins to freak the F out so she tells him to leave them alone or else she will call the police. Instead of complying he keeps insisting that he needs this letter to be delivered to one of the students. He explains that he is an ex-drug addict and that this is his last chance at redemption. At this point, this girl is about ready to book it to the campsite, so she takes the letter and tells him to leave and that she will deliver it. Thankfully, he walks away, and as soon as he is out of sight, she sprints back to her tent, frantically tries to explain what just happened to her fellow leaders, and calls the police via satellite phone. The police make their way out there fairly quickly, find this guy about a mile away from their campground and arrest him. They come to find out that he had a rifle, a handgun, rope, and a bunch of empty prescription pill bottles with him. The letter he left with her explained that he needed a human sacrifice in order to get back with the grace of God and gave directions on where the recipient should meet him. Needless to say, they headed back to campus three days ahead of schedule and the university opted to do the hike in a different location for my year. Back in 2007, on the United states S Kitty Hawk, we had a shipmates throwing chem lights over the side of ship randomly. The skipper required every sponson to be manned at night. I had a balls to forewatch. I didn't see a chem chemlight, but I happened to see a bright blue light coming from underneath the surface, about 100 meters away from the hull of the ship. It looked like it was 30 meters in diameter. It disappeared instantly. About five minutes later, it came back moving slowly towards the ship. A bunch of others saw it this time and called it in to the OOD officer of the deck. It then moved away from the ship underwater at an insane speed. I still, to this day, believe it was a USO, an identified submerged object. I'm 50, too, and have lived in the United States, now for 12 years. Forgive me if my English isn't the best. It's not my first language. I lived in Puerto Rico most of my life and even served as law enforcement there for about eight years. I know what I saw, so here it goes. I remember it being a Sunday night, a couple of days before the arrival of Hurricane Maria to the island. I was patrolling my tour alone everybody else was sent home early and due to the approaching hurricane conditions the weather that night wasn't anything special and just very cloudy with some rain i had heard on multiple occasions about chupacabra sightings in puerto rico especially around the rainforest which is right where i was during that time one elderly neighbor lady said she had actually encountered one when she stayed late at work one night apparently running out of gas She claimed it looked like a small person with spikes on its back, red glowing eyes, and large fangs. She said it chased after her, and she had to get into her car and try to get away, even though she just barely had enough gas to do it. Just a fair warning. What I'm about to describe isn't pleasant, so be warned. It was around 1.30 a.m., and I had just passed a local river when a thing walked right by the road. It actually popped its head up. It didn't even try to hide or anything. At first glance, I didn't know what it was, and I thought maybe it was a small animal. But as soon as it fully turned and looked into my headlights and hissed, you could see what it was. Chupagra. Very skinny spines on its back, large red eyes, very pale skin and sharp teeth and fangs. It was the red eyes, though, that ultimately gave it away before I saw the rest of its body. Those eyes are so bright, they could pierce the darkness of the night, even through my headlights. This might sound silly to you, but at that point I froze and felt something was wrong, especially when it hissed at me like some kind of rabid, wild animal. Also, it's important to know that most Puerto Rican people are very religious, So if somebody is walking around out there and they see this thing, chances are they're going to think it's a demon or something from the realm of hell. There was no doubt about it in my mind that night that what I was seeing was a chupacabra. It disappeared soon after. This has been one of the most frightening experiences I've ever had on the job, and I've never seen or heard of such a thing here on American soil. Thank you for taking the time to read. My family used to always go camping one weekend a month. Usually, this was with a group to a pretty established campground, and it would be hard to find time to yourself, so seclusion was not really possible. However, one time we were on a road trip and stopped in Kentucky at a campground for the night. A planned stop. My dad had found the campground in a directory of such things, pre-internet. An old woman was working the office, and there was a girl raking leaves outside that I couldn't take my eyes off of. The girl was smoking hot in her mid to late teens. I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, just old enough to notice. The lady took the money, told us which spot was ours, and we were on our way. Other than the old lady and girl, there was no one. No more employees, no other campers. We made a fire and sat around with a pretty cool mountain view and lots of stars and noticed there were no lights anywhere in the campground. We had arrived at dusk and were set up before it was actually dark. My dad went to sleep and my siblings were playing cards inside the camper, so I stayed outside to watch the fire burn down. That's when the hot girl showed up and sat down near the fire and asked how things were going. Well, very well now is what I was thinking while making small talk with a smoking hot mountain girl. She even asked it. I wanted to play a game with her up at the office. Of course I did, but just then my older sister opened the camper door and asked who I was talking to. The girl was gone. I told her I was talking to the girl from the office and she was really confused. I guess she hadn't seen the girl, but she did not pass up the opportunity to tease me about it and inform the other siblings their little brother liked girls now. Even the next day, when we were leaving and stopped by the office, she wouldn't drop it and told the old lady I had a crush on the girl from the night before. The lady got spooked asked me what the girl looked like. Red hair in a braid, Yogi Bear t-shirt with a neck and a deep V. Black chucks with the stars pulled off. Jorts, etc. I still remember. This woman proceeds to tell me, which is weird, my whole family is there and she's talking only to the 11, 12-year-old, that I'm describing her sister who died on a part of a trail near the campground fell off the mountain in 1968. Then she asks if she tried to get me to follow her. She always tries to get me to follow her, but I know where she's leading me. Those boys, though, they always fall. My dad is just standing there, mouth open, and my mom, who believes she lived a previous life, is eating this up with a spoon. On the way out, we pass the girl, different shirt, same tits, walking over from a shed with a right. She waved, I did the head nod as cool as I could and tripped on a root. You know how adrenaline can trick you into falling in love. I still think about that girl and her, in retrospect, totally awesome mom, grandma boss. I honestly don't know how to explain what had happened to me. I believe I saw some sort of Native American entity. I was working as a ranger for the city of Austin, Texas, I just had one left of our reserve campsites when a very strange thing occurred. This was about ten, thirty at night. I was driving my four-wheel drive pickup truck on a dirt road that led back to the entrance of the park. The area is a wooded hillside spanning two hundred acres and contains a very large number of wildlife. So being nighttime and how many animals are nocturnal, I was watching up for signs of their movement on either side of me. It was quiet, and I was the only one around. I had been following the road closely when I got this strong sensation. The road, everything around it, dense woods. I looked up just as a deer ran out in front of my truck, directly in my path. It was something like 40 yards ahead of me when I saw it. I reacted immediately by pulling onto the shoulder, slamming my brakes. The deer and I was only about 10 feet away from my truck when I swerved, and it vanished as soon as it went out of sight. The feeling that it told me to look up subsided. Everything went back to normal. There were no other cars on the road, of course, being just mine. I sat in place, trying to click my bearings. My heart was beating fast, and... I had a headache, and I couldn't explain these feelings. What on earth? So something brought my attention to the hillside, right where the deer had come from. And that's when I saw movement about fifty yards into the brush. It wasn't clear. I got out of my truck to inspect and walked up to the spot where I thought I had seen the movement through the tree line. The woods were pretty thick, but about twenty feet into them. There was a small opening and trees with lower branches and ones that were not as wide or tall. They almost kind of formed a natural corridor that maybe I'd say fifty yards opened up to the hillside before becoming obscured by the other trees and foliage. The ground sloped slightly upward, many leaves... I called out with my flashlight, thinking, why would there be somebody out here? It didn't make any sense. Thinking maybe I was just seeing things or it might be another deer. There was no answer and that was it. I assumed it was just my own paranoia. I didn't hear anything move past me, so I decided to inspect further because why not? Calling out loudly, I knew. At least I'm pretty sure I saw movement. And again, there should be no reason at all why anybody should be this far out here late at night. The movement I saw was more like a person, not a deer. At least I'm sure of it. So I kind of very shortly walked up the hillside, never hearing a sound. I decided finally that, okay, enough is enough. I'm gonna leave and head back to my truck. As soon as I got in, I realized there was something wrong, something strange and paranormal, if you will. As soon as I got back in my truck is when I saw it coming out of the woods ahead of me, slightly up from where the deer emerged. It is what I can only unmistakably describe as an apparition. It was this glowing, translucent being, but unmistakably a spirit. It shimmered, seeming to be faint, but nearly transparent. It came closer to my truck and appeared as if it were getting bigger, but also darker and more solid at the same time. It was this light grayish color, and then would grow darker in color, kind of pulsating. It just walked right past the front of my truck with no fear or concern about my presence whatsoever. It just walked by like nothing was there, with some kind of purposeful stride without having so much as even a look of curiosity. And then right there, in my view, it just vanished, fading into obscurity, not wasting a second. I flew my vehicle out of there, and my only mission in that moment was to go. Go. Before this, I thought ghosts were a joke. I had never been a believer in the paranormal, or what many refer to as the spirit realm. But after this, that changed. My mind, and I'll never forget what I saw. But it wasn't until the following morning when I really kind of fully mentally processed what I saw. Surprisingly, because I didn't sleep that much, but a thought occurred to me, and I realized what it really happened. What I saw looked like a stereotypical image of a native long hair, down to its shoulders, feathers, a headdress. Actually, my professional theory is that somebody, a Native American, has gone through this road many times before in their lifetime, and they're simply showing me something that happened here at some point along the way. Maybe they stumbled upon these woods at night and for whatever reason they were killed on the spot by first-contact European settlers who probably had no qualms about killing anybody different than them Including women and children. I do not believe this entity or spirit to have been malicious. It didn't come off as that It was just something that happened to them in their lifetime This spirit was merely doing whatever some non-physical thing does when in the process of trying to relive what happened. It's a possibility that this spot is where these people might have been killed or injured in an altercation. Maybe they were stuck between this world and the next. I don't know. Maybe they've seen my truck hundreds of times out here late at night over the years, and now I'm able to pick up on whatever it happens to come through here. Who knows? Anyway, that's my experience with the paranormal. Hopefully, it will be my last.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.
1: I usually walk on a trail near my house on Massachusetts South Shore between Boston and Cape Cod. I don't know if this particular place has a name. I usually feel safe, even as a woman hiking alone. I grew up in this area, so it's not like it's the city or anything. A few months ago, on a weekday late afternoon, I was walking along the trail. First, it just started sprinkling, but then it came pouring down with thunder and lightning too. I was more afraid of the lightning than anything. It was too far to run back to where I was parked, so there were a lot of giant rocks in this area. I saw this rock overhang off to the right of the trail up on a hill. It was hollowed out behind it, a small cave or something. I was not about to go into a cave, but I thought I could at least stand under the overhang and not get wet. So I'm standing there waiting for the rain to slow. I just had a feeling like something was watching me because the hair on the back of my neck raised up. I felt compelled to turn around and look behind me into the darkness. At first, I didn't see anything. There are no bears or wolves in this area. If something was living in that cave, it was probably a small animal. At least that's what I told myself. But when I was staring into the darkness, I saw the shadows shift. I knew something was in there. It didn't look like it could be very big, though at the time I couldn't really see much. The rain was still coming down in sheets, and the sky had gotten really dark. I stood watching the lightning strikes, and few of them were really close. But between the loud thunderclaps, I heard it. There was a nasty sound, like a wet sound of something eating and lip-smacking. I turned back around to look in there, but I couldn't see what it was. Then the smell hit me. I guess the wind changed. It smelled rancid, like a dead raccoon on the side of the road. It made me gag. I turned back to the woods to see if there might be another overhang a short distance away. It was obvious that there was some kind of animal eating another dead animal in that cave, and I just wanted to put some distance between me and it. I took another couple of steps away from the cave, and now I was getting wet from the rain. I didn't see any other place to go. Then all at once I heard a sound behind me like rocks clattering. I turned around to look. The shadow of the thing inside was rising and I realized all at once that this creature was not small like I had thought. It had been crouched down and now it was standing. It must have been about six feet tall standing up on its hind legs and it totally took me by surprise. I froze for a second when I realized it was like something out of a nightmare. It had a face like a dog with a snout, only it was like a man, a big man, covered in fur. I could see dog ears on its head, too. I screamed and stumbled. I almost fell down the hill, and that's when it growled just like a dog about to attack. I really thought I was going to die. I'm getting goosebumps just remembering it. I took off running. I felt like my life was in danger. Thank God it didn't follow me. Of course no one believed me, but then I looked it up on the internet and I saw people posting about this thing. They were calling it a dogman. After I graduated high school, I went on a ten day long backpacking trip with some friends of mine through the terrain of Utah and Arizona one leg of this journey involved trekking for a couple days through the pariah canyon or buckskin gulch system of slot canyons in southern utah the hike initially began without a hitch it was really really hot so getting deep into the canyons was a welcome respite from the heat this particular season had been extremely dry normally when you're trekking through this system of canyons you can expect to go through sections that have water Some of these flooded section of canyons are so prevalent that they are named features, like the cesspool. When we went through, it was bone dry. We didn't even need to get our water shoes out. Now what you need to know about slot canyons is that they are extremely prone to flash flooding, and thus can be extremely dangerous. Storms well over 50 miles away can send water cascading down these narrow two-foot-wide in places, canyons, in giant walls over 100 feet high. Not a lot of wiggle room for torrents of water or for a hiker trying to feebly run away from the wall of death behind them. A morbid reminder is the presence of these giant logs wedged between the canyon walls, dozens of feet above you, indicating the height. To which flood levels rise. This also means you can't set up camp just anywhere. It is vital you find a sandbar elevated. Above the floor of the canyon in the sparse sections where the canyon widens out just in case you're unlucky and a transient flood just so happens to pass through, you can tell it to be safe by the presence of vegetation growing on the tops, unable to be washed away by floods. But as I said, it had been really dry up to that point, so we weren't really worried about that. When we stopped for lunch about halfway through the trek, I looked up and noticed little cute cumulus clouds floating by. The deserts are known for their random thunderstorms. As we continued walking, the sky began becoming less and less blue percentage-wise, instead filling up with more and more gray as it became overcast there was a true sense of despair rising up within me total helplessness in this sort of situation you have no control there is nowhere to go nowhere to run i felt this vividly sad sense of acceptance like as if a judge had sentenced me to death to be carried out that day with no chance to tie up any loose ends in my life this whole time my friends were oblivious to the dangers and were joking which made me feel worse due to the extreme juxtaposition of the situation, but I didn't really want to ruin their fun. And then it started drizzling. You know, when people jokingly say they were so scared they shit their pants, as soon as I felt the drops on my cheeks, my bowels were seriously coming loose. That feeling of first, date nervousness, times 1000, I actually had to stop walking to regain composure and control of the muscles responsible for that function. At this point, I pointed it out to my friends, and the march down the canyon became a lot more serious. The drizzle continued for twenty minutes in this whole time. I was listening intently to either ends of the canyon for the inevitable roar signaling our doom, fervently looking for little green islands of safety. Thankfully, the drizzle abated, and the task at hand was to find a place to rest our poor bodies. But finally, after a physically exhausting trek of twenty-two miles in the sand, made mentally exhausting by failed pack-winching up rock falls, resulting in major loss of water, and most of all, a surreal drizzle scare, we finally reached a section of land that could accommodate all of us, at a ten-ish, too happy to put the trials of the day behind us. We wasted no time in getting dinner prepared and getting ready to turn in for the night. Little did we know, this was the start of the most bone-chilling experience I have ever had. To this day, just the memory of it evokes a goosebump reaction similar to that which you get in horror movies. As we lay in our tents, one of my friends told us all to shut up and listen to something he heard coming from one end of the canyon. He said that it sounded like a R-whistle, sure enough there was some shrill noise faintly coming from where we had just trekked. We kind of wondered what the noise could be, and we thought maybe someone needed help. Maybe they broke an ankle or were cornered by an animal. I jokingly threw out the possibility that maybe it was the ghosts of the Native Americans angry at us for disturbing some sacred ground of theirs. And the sounds were of them tracking us through the canyon. Then a friend suggested maybe due to the shrill nature of the noise, it was a banshee stalking us. As we were discussing the possibilities, I heard something coming from the other end of the canyon. I pointed it out to the other guys, and as we felt silent, I could immediately tell it wasn't an echo due to the noise being in a completely different register, yet still very shrill. However, it was still rather faint. But then a third noise popped up and a fourth. And all the while the noises were getting louder, and louder, and louder, and louder. As it got louder, it became far more human-like, but extremely angry. We were all scared shitless at this point, completely seriously referring to these noises as banshees. These sounds got so loud that eventually we couldn't hear ourselves talk, and the sound penetrated through our skulls into our thoughts. An endless barrage of extremely high-pitched screaming, yet with it all seemingly completely in harmony and slowly undulating, like the breath of the ocean, it took up all sensation and all feeling. The moonlit night flooded this canyon with light, revealing the patterns created by dark streaks on the sandstone walls. After a while, the fear subsided in the noise with its extremely pervasive quality, along with the scenery completely freed me from my mind stream of conscious thought that was the source of all worry. It was hauntingly beautiful. The way I remember it, and this otherworldly sound we experienced in nature, is what brings back the chills every time I think of it. As weird as it sounds, I am so thankful to have had experienced them. I will remember them as long as I live. If anyone is able to find sources of this sound, I will be forever grateful." My friend recorded it, but lost his phone a couple months after the trip, and everyone I have asked since can't identify what may have caused this sound. I want to hear them again and relive that experience. I'm from Texas, and my family has land on the Guadalupe River. I've been tormented by something out there for about 35 years, and only recently came to realize that it's probably a Sasquatch family. Now that I know what they are, I'm more annoyed than anything, but still don't feel safe there at night, and especially outside. I saw a child and an adult in about 1989 when I was sleeping outside on a trampoline. The child, about four and a half feet tall, its shoulders just barely breached the top of the trampoline frame, woke me up by accident, and I scared it, I guess because I was so startled. I sat straight up from sleeping. I'm guessing it tried to touch me, because that's just about the only thing that I can think of that would have caused me to jolt awake like that. It grunted. Then I saw something very tall and lanky run in the opposite direction to the trees. I then heard a loud humming noise that seemed to come from all directions and passed out. I've had multiple interactions over the years, mostly hearing them and seeing the red eyes and hearing them scream. I believe it lives under a bridge on X during the day where I and others have seen it on a dare to walk through the dark tunnel when we were kids. We heard something moving and it turned to look at us and we saw the red eyes. It was screaming. Absolutely terrifying. It was about seven or eight feet tall. We didn't see a silhouette, only its eyes. At night, it roams up and down the property line back and forth to the river. Recently, we found odd things to mark trails like X's and branches stuck in fences, tricycles tied five feet high in a tree with vines, sheets tied around tree branches and a dead animal in a tree next to a fork. The fort could be from kids or poachers because it's next to a park, but I don't know. The fort and the animal in the tree area are where the sound came from the first time I heard it. To this day, we are still hearing heavy, deep breathing in the tree line, hearing strange bird noises in the middle of the night all around the house. And a few years ago, I heard loud screaming on the river by the fort area. It sounded like a one being hurt. I thought it was a mountain lion, so I just went inside. It was terrifying. I don't like to talk about this incident or even have any thoughts about it because I really feel like whatever I saw could still possibly be watching me or following me in some way, but I feel like in this community I could get some answers. On July 7th of last year, my boyfriend and I decided to go to a lake called Boiling Springs, located in central Pennsylvania, to do a late-night photo shoot, because he wanted to do something special for me on my birthday. We got to the lake around 11.30 p.m., and surprisingly, when we got there, we both were calm, happy, and ready to take some pictures. I felt zero negative feelings or any type of negative presence in the air. We took some at the pool house, and then we eventually made it to the lake area. We decided to lay down a blanket by a very old sycamore tree and watch the stars. Still, no feeling of negative presence, and my body was on zero alert of having to fight or flight. To the left of us, and more so behind us, there was a gathering of brush and trees where it was completely dark and you couldn't see in. We were casually laughing and talking until, all of a sudden, we heard what we thought were dogs, then coyotes, and then they started to whimper, as if they were being attacked or in pain. I said, what is that? I then started to be more alert. Probably just a neighbor's dog, he said. Probably about five minutes after the whimpering stopped, I heard something heavy being dragged through the brush towards us. I got up on my knees with my heart beating out of my chest. I said, get up. My boyfriend just kept sitting there, still not very phased. About ten seconds later, I looked through the brush more and about only eight feet away from me, knelt a glowing white bone-thin being on all fours, digging in the dirt below it. Now, I don't have the best vision, so about three different theories went through my head at once. Deer, wolf person, Then my stomach dropped in tears, welled in my eyes, and my gut told me that whatever it was was not any of these. My body and mind told me that this was not something that I've seen before, or have ever encountered, or even of this earth or dimension. I don't even remember getting up from the blanket, but my body jolted up and I started crying. What is that? I have never felt that level of fear. And the weirdest part, no response just kept digging and digging with its white front limbs. I wanted to scream, but nothing came out. I thought I was going to pass out. I ran over behind the sycamore tree, close to us, yet my boyfriend stayed sitting on the blanket, but I could tell he was terrified, too. What are you? he yelled, when he said what, and not who I knew that what we were looking at, was no human, and not even an animal. It stopped digging. Didn't look over at us, but talked in a language neither of us have ever heard. It sounded ancient, like no one had spoken that dialect for centuries. My boyfriend asked what? No response. He then asked, are you a trail hiker? Slight pause, then it said in a deep, bone-chilling voice, yes, nothing after. He then nervously said, oh, ha, are you traveling north or south? South. Still no more exchange of words until my boyfriend finally knew this wasn't right and stood up fast and said, Well, sorry, my girlfriend and I were in your space. We're leaving now. At this point, I had tears streaming down my face. My heart was vibrating my entire body, and I could barely even move normally because of how much fear had taken over my body. Somehow, we still managed to gather our things and run back to our car. We didn't say a word to each other until we got to the car. I honestly don't even remember the drive home. But I do remember I couldn't stop laughing from disbelief. It was almost like I dissociated on the ride home. The next day was my birthday and I was home alone in the morning. It was a sunny day, no clouds in the sky, but still I was alone and I felt like I was being watched. I went out and did errands before my birthday celebration and went to my salon just to be in public and around people. An old co-worker of mine was someone I confided in about it, and she actually grew up in Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. She told me that she remembers there were random reports of cattle being mutilated and even UFO sightings as well. She told me to never go back there at night. Check the pictures you took that night. I've been told many times. I've checked and checked, and there's nothing odd about any of them and no sighting of the creature. This was a life-changing event for me. It's something that will never leave my mind. The core feeling I felt when I saw it digging in the ground just a few feet away from me, I'll never forget. I think the most sickening aspect about this whole situation is that it was the eve of my birthday. That's just too personal and too ironic, since we used to go there for months before that incident at night. Please everyone comment your thoughts. I would love to hear feedback from people who have had encounters as well. Other incidents have happened since then. Nothing that raw or unsettling, but more evidence that I've been marked. Everyone be safe and thank you for giving your time to read about my encounter.